As we know, many of these psalms are songs that the psalmist of Israel would sing. But here is one that is a very somber song. We know that music has all kinds of, it brings all kinds of um, emotion. It could be a very happy and uplifting song, you know, it could be like a an orchestra and the trumpet playing, you know, and you're ready to charge, you know, and I won't, I won't, you know, rehearse those with you, but there's that kind. And then there's, then there's, you know, a song, there, there's music like, for example, like taps, and when it's played, it's very, very somber and uh, very remorseful or just, it doesn't have the, the, the enthusiasm of all different kinds. And when we come to this particular text of Scripture, uh, it's one of those more somber type moments. It's, in a way, it's a sad, it's a sad uh, time. The songwriter here is mentioning being back in Babylon. Being back in Babylon. These were believers. These were people that knew of God, that had a fear of God, but instead of enjoying the blessings of God, they were enduring burdens. Now, it's not to say that when we are in the will of God that we will not have burdens, we will, but different kinds. Instead of being fruitful, they are experiencing barrenness. Boy, you know, I'm so thankful that God saved us to give, to bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. It isn't so we can say, look at all of our fruit. It's so that we can give glory to God. But instead of experiencing fruitfulness, they were experiencing barrenness. Instead of experiencing happiness and the joy of the Lord, they were experiencing a bitterness of soul. Instead of being joyful, they were, because of their life choices, they were experiencing a a brokenness. The background. What is the background? See, the children of Israel had been carried away captive, allowed by God to be carried away captive by the Babylonians. This was captivity due to their living. Not living for God. This was due to their wicked living, bringing in false gods. And God had promised them when they left Egypt, and I've been reading this even in my recent Bible reading, that if you will stay true, then you know this will happen. But if you don't stay true, then this is what's going to happen. Be not deceived. Galatians 6, 7 says, uh, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Captivity came due to their wicked living. They had fallen away from living for the one true God. And God used a pagan nation to bring them to their knees. God used a pagan nation, if you will, to break them to the point and bring them to the point of repentance. And by the way, repentance is not just for salvation. Repentance is a part of our everyday life. 
And I pray today that we would be humble enough that if God puts his uh, very pointed finger on my heart or on your heart and says, you need to repent of this, that we would not say, no, this message is for my brother or my sister. No, but this message is for me. This truth is for me. Whether that is mentioned or not, the Holy Spirit of God can do his job way better than I can. Babylon leads to barrenness. Babylon leads to bitterness and brokenness. I would say this, the only people that are in Babylon today that are happy are the Babylonians. We're going to talk about that. The Babylonians. In the Bible, we can see a picture of the world and all of its iniquity in Babylon. We can make that comparison to our world today. We're not in Babylon, but we are in Burnaby. They both start with B. How about that? I didn't even think about that. So right now. So we're in Burnaby. It's a picture of all of the world and all of its immorality. By the way, the name Babylon means confusion. Isn't that interesting with our, th- with our series on Sunday nights? Confusion. There were people in Babylon... Here, from the Word of God, there were people, the people of God were in Babylon, but their hearts were in Zion. The people of God were physically in Babylon. Oh, but they longed for the day that they could go back to Jerusalem. They longed for the day that they could go back to Zion. Notice in verse number 1, the Bible says, when we remembered Zion. But notice, there, notice what they're doing down by the river taking a little walk. They're weeping. They're weeping. They're weeping at the river of Babylon as they're remembering Zion. They're remembering Jerusalem. Zion is another name for Jerusalem, and the name Jerusalem means city of peace. City of peace. There was a time when these people lived in the in the capital city, in God's capital city, if you will. They were right with God. They were living holy lives. But if we take Babylon and we take Jerusalem today, in a spiritual sense, they are on polar opposites of one another. Jerusalem being the city of peace and the city of God and the city of righteousness and Babylon being the city of turmoil and the city of of wickedness and the city of immorality, no peace at all. These would be on the opposite ends of the spectrum, if you will. Jerusalem, a holy city. Babylon, a hellish city. Jerusalem, a source of holiness. Babylon, a seat of wickedness. So the people of God had been moved from Jerusalem, Zion, to Babylon. By their own choosing. By their own choosing. That brings me to our text today. So what is, my, what, is, what is on? I want to just share this. It is on my heart not only to reprove and rebuke those who are on their way or are in Babylon. Might be some here today, you're in Babylon right now. What does that mean? What do you say, Pat? What are you, what are you, what are you saying? It means that you're a Christian, but you're living in the world. 
It is my prayer that not you would hear me, that you would hear from the words of God and the word uh, of the Holy Spirit that would cause you to, yes, like this people, that you would find yourself at the river weeping and saying, oh, if I could only get back to church, if I could only... And by the way, you can be in church and not really be in church. If I could only get back uh, to the songs of Jerusalem and, and get away from the songs of Babylon, and we could take that a long way of the music of the world and the music of God. Or I'm also trying to help some of you today, uh, whether you're an older uh, saint of God, or maybe you're a middle age, or you're a teenager, and your journey has begun to Babylon. Oh, you're at home, you're still under the roof of your parents, but your journey has already begun right here in Babylon. Your bag is already packed, You're looking forward to the opportunity that you might have when you get a little bit older just to get out from underneath everything. By the way, underneath a home that honors God is the safest place you can be. It's the most caring place you can be. It's the most loving place you can be. Don't worry about spreading your wings. There'll be a time when you'll be independent and be on your own, but don't rush it. And always follow the leading of the Lord through your parents and through your pastor and through the people of God. None of which are perfect, but God is perfect. So I'm I'm, I'm standing up here today and I'm saying, look, the things that the devil has to offer in Babylon, they might look glittery, they might look wonderful, but but at the end, it it is destruction, it is death, it's misery. It's nothing positive about it. Also, I'm exhorting. You might be there, you might be on your way there, but but you have no desire to go to Babylon, I'm exhorting you to continue to stay that way. To continue to have a taste for the things of God, but to continue to have a distaste for the things of Babylon. To continue to guard your heart with the Word of God and keep Babylon out of your heart. Number one, number one, when we think of Babylon, there is a sadness that we cannot escape. There is a sadness that we cannot escape. Verses 1 and 2, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Can you just picture them sitting down, defeated, discouraged? And they're, they're sitting down by the river. The river's just moving by. They're watching the water go by. And their mind is going back to when they had, uh, they sang the sweet songs of Zion in Jerusalem. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And the Bible says that we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. A dark cloud of depression hung over the heads of these people which totally eclipsed the sunshine of joy which had once brightened their lives. What caused this? Well, we see there was misery in their heart. There was misery in their heart. From the very first day that they moved into their new homes, they were absolutely miserable. Absolutely miserable. And by the way, God loves us so much Now, remember, love allows us to have a free what? Will. Why wouldn't God just stop my children from rebelling? That's not love. Why wouldn't God just stop me from rebelling? Well, that's not love. God wants you and God wants me to choose to love Him. God wants our children to choose to love Him. And that's a free will that He's given us. But God, in His free will, because He loves us so much, that He lets people go to Babylon. He lets His children go to Babylon. But He loves us so much as a Christian 
that he will not let us enjoy Babylon. He'll let us walk away from him because he wants us to choose to stay with him. But as we're, I'm talking about Christians now, you know, the people in Babylon that are partying it up and having a great time and it's seemingly nothing's bothering them, that's because they don't have the spirit of God in them. But a Christian, there's no way that a Christian who has the Spirit of God in them can leave Jerusalem and go to Babylon and say, man, this is the greatest thing. Oh, they might put it on for a little while, but down deep in their heart, they're sitting by the riverside and they're weeping. They just want to come back. And I want, you, I want to encourage us today, maybe you know someone like that, and it's not that you're judging them, but somebody's on your mind right now. May God help us to pray for them. And may God help us to continue to intercede. I, I have about ten names written down on a little card in my, on my office right now of some people. I'm not saying they're living in Babylon completely, but they're definitely not uh, in the things of the Lord right now. I'm praying for them. Because I know what Babylon brings, there is a sadness that we cannot escape. It's different to be in, in Jerusalem. It's different to be in Jerusalem and everything is going wrong. We know that we're in the will of God and we know that we're in the presence of God and all of our, all of our life could fall apart, but we still have peace. When we're in Jerusalem, there's a sadness that we cannot escape. Let's go to Jeremiah 25, please. Jeremiah 25. Oh, I know it's a bit of a somber message, but it's one that's been on my heart for months. Not that I've been preparing for months, but I guess you have been as a pastor. I think you're preparing for months and you're not writing anything down. I know Pastor Nathan and others that have preached. That's, that's what it is, really. Preaching isn't just sitting down and writing out an outline. It, it's a life process. And, and, I, and I've still got so much more that God needs to do in, in my heart. And please pray for me. But this is definitely something that's been on my heart for a while. Babylon offers nothing. Jeremiah 25, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of where? Babylon, the which Jeremiah the prophet spake unto all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of where? Jerusalem saying, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even unto this day, that is the three and 20th year, the word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not hearkened. Ye have not hearkened. And the Lord hath sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. The youth pastor came, the pastor came, the missionary came, uh, the, the assistant pastor came, uh, the evangelist came, and over and over and over. Brother Chauvin came, and, and Dr. Flanders came, and over and over. This is what we could say right here. We've been so blessed. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Word of God. That we are living in a time where the Holy Spirit of God is in us. The Holy Spirit of God is in the preacher that stands behind these pulpits or those testifies. And, 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 and Jeremiah says, And the Lord has sent unto you all His servants. 
And I, you fast forward ahead and we'll stay there. But we go to Psalm 137 and I wonder if they're sitting down by the riverside and they're weeping. They're hearing the message of Jeremiah and they're hearing the message of the other prophets and it's ringing in their ear. Repent. Come back to God. Live for God. Stay away from Babylon. Lord has sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, notice, rising early and sending them. But ye have not hearkened. There it is again, that's twice. Nor inclined your ear to them. They said, turn ye again. Now everyone, turn ye again. Do you know what that is? Repent. Jeremiah 25, 11. Maybe you circle those words or underline them. Turn ye again now, every one of us, from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, and do what? Dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your fathers forever, ever. Turn from your wicked way. Turn from your evil, evil deeds. Turn now. And they said that over and over and over and over again. Go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands and I will do you no hurt. Verse 7, yet ye have not hearkened. There it is again, that's three times. Have you ever, have you ever heard said of you or maybe you've said it to somebody else, you have a hard head. And I'm not talking about because they rammed into you. That's a hard head too. You know, but it means you're stubborn. Now stubbornness is a good thing if it's pointed in the right way. But in this way, they were stubborn to the wrong way. Three times, Jeremiah says, you did not hearken. Aren't you glad for a merciful God? I mean, think about it. You, you might be, and I don't know who I'm preaching to online today, you might be sitting smack dab on the river in Babylon right now, and God is merciful to you. Because God is letting you once again hear a message, not from a man, but from the Word of God because of the mercy of God. And He's saying to you today, hey, you can leave the river of Babylon right now. You can turn from your wicked way. You can turn from your evil doings. You can turn from your false gods, different gods than what they were worshiping, but we still have them today. And you can come back to me. You can come back to Jerusalem. That's the mercy of God. I mean, he gave them over and over again. He could have just given them one preacher. And if they wouldn't have listened, he could have said, that's it, you're done. And he would have been just. Because he's a holy God. That ye might provoke me to anger. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 8, because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of where? Babylon. My servant. Can you imagine that? This is a pagan king. God says he's my servant. God's using Nebuchadnezzar. He's using Babylon. And in our day, we might have comparison to these. I believe we'll come to that, my servant, and we'll bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and we'll utterly destroy them and make them in astonishment and in hissing and in perpetual desolations. Verse 10, Moreover, I will take them from the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle. That's a beautiful scene, by the way. All that is saying, this is a beautiful scene, verse 10. Verse 11, and this whole land shall be desolation and in astonishment. 
and these nations shall serve the king of where? Babylon. 70 years. There is sadness that we cannot escape. God gave the people time after time after time. Jeremiah 24.5, the word of God says, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of Chaldeans for their good. God even loved them even in their time of discipline, in their time of judgment. God is our heavenly father. He is a loving parent. And I don't know any parent that, uh, that would say today that I delight in disciplining my children. There's no delight in that. But there's a loving duty in that. There's a loving duty in disciplining our children. We carry out that duty because we know that in the end, the result will be a delightful result both to the parent and to the child. In other words, God loves us enough to let us Choose for ourselves what we're going to do. But He loves us even greater, in a greater way, if we could say it that way, to not enjoy it or get away with it. He disciplines us. There is a sadness that we cannot escape in Babylon. I, I touched on it earlier. But there's a memory there of their home. The memory of their home in verse number 1. Their hearts were heavy. Their harps were hung. Notice that. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. What is this? They were weeping in the shadows of a weeping willow. And they wandered back to the city of peace in their mind. Yet now they are here in Babylon. They are surrounded by their foes. They are reminded of their failure. And the enemy has put shackles on them, only maybe not literal, but shackles of fear. There's a sadness that we cannot escape. Number two. In Babylon, there is a sarcasm we cannot endure. There is a sarcasm we cannot endure. Look at verse 3. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Oh yeah, you thought you were all that and a slice of bread. Look what's happened to you. You were the mighty, powerful uh, nation of Israel. You were, oh, this and that, but we took care of you, didn't we? You see, sin, sin brings with it more than just bondage. Sin brings with it a level of shame. As one Bible writer said, and forgive me for not remembering the verse of Scripture, but it says that uh, it's so bad that we, 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 we lose our blush. We lose our blush. In other words, we can just continue to get so far away from Zion and the peace of God, and we can get so entrenched in the ways of Babylon that we can be involved in sin uh, to a level where we don't even blush anymore over it. May God help us never to lose that. Sensitivity. The world is not interested in a Christian that is standing for truth, but as soon as a Christian falls, the world is interested. Think about it. The world isn't taking note of you and me coming to church every Sunday. The world isn't taking note of us reading our Bible every day. 
The world isn't taking note of us doing this or that. But you let, a, you let someone, and, and again, I'm going to say this, but pray for me, but you let a pastor fall into sin and the world's going to take note. And they're going to mock God because of sin. You let a church fall into, you let a church even split. You let a church split and the community find out about it. Or you let sin come into a church and it not be handled properly. And the world, boy, all of a sudden, oh, let's get it on the page of the paper. The world's not going to put on the paper 20, 22, 21 years of Anchor Baptist Church faithfulness to God. That's not going to get on the news. But you get, you, get one, you get one fall, and I'm not trying to set any of us up. I'm just saying this is what we're thinking about when we're in Babylon. We need to be reminded of this. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the name of Jesus. I don't want to bring shame to the name of Jesus. I know I have. I don't want to bring shame to the name of my Lord. I know I have. I don't want to bring reproach to the name of, yes, Anchor Baptist Church, because it is the pillar and ground of the, of the truth, but I know I have, but I don't, I, I don't want to do that. And I hope you'll join me in that theme today, that we, we recognize that we, we, we cannot endure the sarcasm of the world as it attacks. It's not about us, but it's about our Savior. Eh, sing us one of those hymns you used to sing. Can you hear the, the mockery? of the people of Babylon. Hey, sing us one of those junior church songs. You you know, when you were in junior church, you used to sing the loudest, but now you're living like the world. What's that all about? I'm just trying to put it into 2022 with the Lord's help. Jesus said, John 15, 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. One other, not in the Bible, but a quote that I came across, the scoffers and critics of Christianity never stand any taller or shout any louder than when God's people publicly fall into sin. May God help us not to fall into sin privately or publicly. And by the way, if it's private, it won't be private forever. I'm sure our sin will find us out and it won't bring shame just to you, to me, or to the, to the name of Anchor Baptist, but it's the name of the Lord Jesus. All Satan's hosts dance with glee when believers compromise. All Satan's hosts dance with glee when believers play with fire. You know what mom and dad told you? Don't play with matches. You might burn yourself. I almost burnt, I almost burnt down a corn crib. I don't know. It's been a long time since I told that story. I won't tell the whole thing. But I almost burnt down a corn crib in Michigan when I was playing with matches. I wanted to go out and burn the trash. That's what we did. We, we burnt our trash. Sorry, our ozone above our house has probably got a hole in it right now. We had a nice big burn barrel to do it in, and I thought, man, that'd be a better, better plan to go out to the corn crib, and I'm going to make a little thing. I'm going to burn the trash there. That's not where Dad told me to burn the trash. I thought everything was good to go. I was in the house one day, and then the next thing I knew, I heard my dad hollering from outside, fire, fire. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I should have listened. See, the devil wants you to play with fire. The devil wants us to listen to one more song, watch one more movie, do one more thing. Just one more. Get one more friend. And he celebrates. You get burned when I get burned. Because sin always burns. Sin always takes us a little farther than we thought we would go. I'm reminded of a quote-unquote superstar in the Bible. 
name is Samson. Do you remember him? Forgive me for using that terminology, but, you know, he was a, he was a giant. He had the biggest, biggest uh, muscles you could ever have, or at least God empowered him to be able to use them. He was God's choice, but he fell. What happened? He went into sin. He chose to go there. And his enemies, well, they jumped on that. You can read about it. Judges, book of Judges, chapter 16. They put out his eyes. Think about this. This is the servant of the Lord, if you will, in that day. They put out his eyes, treated him like an animal, hooked him up to that, that mill. They bound him. This is the servant of the Lord, and they made fun of him. The greatest tragedy of a believer sitting in Babylon. Oh, God help me to never go there. May God help you to never go there. If you're there, please leave today. You can get up off the riverside today, and you can say, and you can repent of your sin, and you can come back to a merciful God, and He'll say, come on home. I read earlier this week about verse of Scripture, should have written it down, I, about, it, it tells about how the, that God is enough. That God is enough. Oh, dear, dear Christian, the world doesn't have anything to help you. The world doesn't, Babylon has nothing to help me. Babylon has nothing of any sustenance or substance. God is enough. God's grace is enough. God's provision is enough. Let's learn from, the, from those in the Bible and let's learn from our past mistakes, not to reproduce them anymore. Let's even learn from others. The story is told of a teenage girl who was out one night on a date. There was a double date. There was people there, plenty of people there, so it was an appropriate setting, but someone in the group wasn't necessarily of a godly influence and they said within the story they said all of a sudden they said hey let's go to this party over here and at this party there was going to be alcohol and at this party there was going to be inappropriate behavior and this young girl stood up and said no i'm a christian i can't go to that i love the lord i can't go to that take me home it's interesting what was said one of the kids said to her what's the matter are you afraid your daddy will hurt you or get mad at you she said, I, I love what she said. She said, no, I'm afraid I will hurt my daddy. Our Papa. Our Abba Father. We leave Jerusalem and start heading to Babylon. We're not just hurting ourselves. We're not just hurting our family, possibly. Most importantly, we're hurting the name of our Holy God. We've been given the name Christian. May we not drag that name into sin. May we not drag that name through the mud and the slime and the filth. I'm broken for me and my sin in my life that I, I'm prone to wander. My apathy, my bitterness, my lack of faith. I don't want to bring reproach to the name of the Lord. Lastly, in Babylon, there is a song we cannot express. 
Verse 4. What a question. Isn't that a question? May we pray this question for our lives. May we pray this question for someone right now that our heart is broken over. How shall we sing the Lord's song? How shall we sing the Lord's song? How shall we sing, blessed be the name of the Lord? On Sunday, when on Saturday night, we're involved in this or this or that or that. There's a song we cannot express. This song was stuck in their throat. This song was in their mind. They were in a strange land. Let's go back to Psalm 32, please. Psalm 32. Oh, may God break our heart today, not over the sin of others, but may God break our heart today over our sin. If anybody needs Psalm 137, it's this preacher. I want to be sensitive and I don't want to wander anywhere near Babylon. I don't want to get a half step toward it. If the Holy Spirit senses and knows, He knows me better than I know me. And if I start to head that way in any way, shape, or form, I want to the Holy Spirit of God. Remind me of this verse. I love to sing. You know what? I, I'll even I'll say that you know even when when we're when we're our faith is shaken and when we're really kind of upset about maybe what God has done or is doing, it's it's not the easiest time to start singing because you know singing comes from a heart of joy. You might hear a song and you know it's the last it's the last thing I want to hear right now because I've got a bad attitude. You see. Being in Babylon isn't necessarily going over there and drinking a bunch of beer and taking drugs and all that kind of stuff and illicit sin and all that. It might just be a bad attitude. A bad attitude needs to be confessed and say, you know what, God, you've allowed this. You're a good God. I don't want to lose my song. Can't sing. Can't express it. Psalm 32. I love verse 7. Psalmist says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Oh, songs of deliverance. The songs of God are songs of deliverance. I'm reminded of Exodus chapter 15, the song of Moses, the crossing of the Red Sea. 400 years bondage. Think about it. Generation after generation after generation after generation. They got up. They did the same thing. They went to bed. They got up. They did the same thing. Grandma died. Grandpa died. And then it happened again. 400 years. These people had been freed from Egypt. When they had been redeemed from their sin, what did they do? They sang. Turn back with me to that quickly. Exodus 15. Verse 
Oh, I pray today that we get our song back. Or we might just, we might have it, it's there, but Lord, help us to sing for Your glory. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine what must have been on their heart? And again, let's remember this victory that they were given. It's a victory over the world. Egypt is a picture of the world. It's a picture of sin. And I mean, if you're saved today, you've been brought out of the world. You've been brought out of Babylon. You've been set free. You've been redeemed. And what a song is in our heart. Oh, God, you have brought me out of this bondage. And maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home, and yet you were saved somewhere along in your life, or you were brought up in a Christian home. Either way, we're redeemed, and so we have a song to sing. I think we need to go back to these Old Testament accounts from time to time and remind us about this. And and just, uh, if you can make up a tune, I'm not going to make up one right now and spare you that, but you can even try to make up a tune and you can sing these verses, The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He He is my God and I will prepare Him in habitation. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His hosts hath He cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy, and on and on it goes. We won't take time, but mark that, mark that song and go back this week and read it all. The song of deliverance. Every song of God is a song of deliverance. But when we leave Jerusalem, we get into Babylon, there's a song we cannot express. In Isaiah chapter 30, in verse 29, it says, Ye shall have a song as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept and gladness of heart as when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty one of Israel. You see, when we're in a difficult time, but we're in Jerusalem, we still have a song in the night. When we have a trial that comes into our life, but we're not in Babylon, we have a song in the night. When we have a when we have an unexpected thing happen in our life, and we're and yes, we're not no one perfect. I'm not saying anyone's perfect in here, but we're we're trying to live for the Lord and walk with God. And we have that uh, sudden thing that comes into our life. Then joy comes in the morning because we're where we need to be, walking with who we need to be walking. But those things come into the life many times, and we're sitting at the river in Babylon. Those things come into our life, we say, How can we sing? How can we sing? We can't sing. Oh, but when you come back, when you come back to Jerusalem, He can put a new song in your mouth, even praise unto your God. When you come back to the church, in Anchor Baptist Church, we've said it for years, we always want to be a welcoming place when people wander away, if they wander back, that we say, Hey, good to see you. Been praying for you if you have been. We love you. Because God can put a new song in our mouth. God can restore the joy of our salvation. Sin 
will rob us of our song. But repentance will give us our song back. Sin will rob us of our peace. But repentance Jesus gave his precious blood to save me from the penalty of sin. You're not saved today. You're in Babylon, and maybe Babylon, it's great. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Turner. This is just the best life. That's because you can't be affected by Babylon. You don't have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Oh, but the long-term effects of Babylon to the unbeliever will be the penalty of sin, which is death and hell. We have a message of hope. Jesus Christ's precious blood has saved us from the penalty of sin, which is death and hell. If you've never been saved, you can be saved today. You can leave Babylon today and never go back. That's what we're saying. Let's leave it and never go back. His precious blood not only saved us from the penalty of sin, but it also saved us from the power of sin. We don't have to say yes to the lures of Babylon. We can say yes to the peace of God in Jerusalem. That's heaven. Or that's here and now, excuse me. The power of sin here and now. We're saved from it if you're a Christian. And then lastly, and you know this, eventually the precious blood of Jesus Christ will save us from the presence of sin, and that's heaven. So whether you're down by the river in Babylon or whether your bags are packed and you're ready to go there or you want nothing to do with it, praise the Lord. I want to challenge us today. May God give us a spirit of brokenness over our own sinfulness. And for something we need to repent of, we need to, we need to unpack our bag just unpack your bag today. You know I'm not speaking of a literal bag, but in some cases it is a literal bag. Sometimes people pack their bag and they leave home. It's like that the account in our in the Gospel of Luke. Young child that left home. Oh, but when he came home, Daddy was there waiting on him. Stay away from offers barrenness, bitterness. Back to Jerusalem. Back to Zion. Stay in this book. Repent if necessary. Get your song back. I don't give you a song.